are Locked On Big Ten, your daily podcast on the Big Ten Conference. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On Big Ten, everything you need to know about the Big Ten Conference every single weekday. Alongside our Wednesday co-host, Asher Lowe of the Locked On Badgers podcast, I'm Nate Dickinson. We're talking about the teams in the Big Ten who maybe have a little bit too much judgment on their hands, a little bit undeserved, harsh judgment, someone who maybe should be getting a little bit more criticism after the first weeks of the season, and also who's have we gotten on kind of exactly right as far as what we think of them through the first couple of weeks. But of course, when it comes to the Badgers, there's nobody better to talk to on the network than Asher here or his co-host, Ben. Well, we get Asher every week on the show. Asher, where are you at with the Badgers right now? Of course, only two games in for this team still, but I picked up a win against Eastern Michigan that looked good. Offense looked better. Feel good about uh, Saturday. I feel really good about Notre Dame. I think that Notre Dame has looked extremely beatable through three weeks. They probably should have lost to Toledo, which is that's I mean that's wow. They almost lost to a Florida State team that then lost to Jacksonville State the following week. It looked very beatable because their offensive line has been inconsistent at best. They don't even know who's starting at left tackle. It's been a bit of a mess there. They really rely on running the football. We knew that coming into the year, but you don't run against Wisconsin. There's no no team in in college football is going to run against Wisconsin and beat them on the ground this year. It won't happen. Uh, and so I, I feel really good about the specific matchup on Saturday. I think it's going to be one that favors Wisconsin quite a bit. Yeah, it's something that, I mean, as we get into just what we're talking about here, we're going to kind of frame things as, again, a team that's maybe judged a little too hard, one that's not judged quite hard enough, and then one that gets just right. I, I think Wisconsin, I had as a team that we could say is not being judged quite harsh enough, not just because of really anything they've done. They haven't been out on the field enough to warrant that kind of judgment, but just because the offense hasn't proven that it's fixed the things that we've worried about yet. So it's just more like of a need to prove it thing for Wisconsin. But the Badgers are one of those teams that I think does have things to prove still, obviously, after losing in that first week and a big chance to try and pick up a big win against a struggling Notre Dame team right now that, as we mentioned, has stumbled out the gates early too. So this game against Notre Dame Saturday, what do you have that as as far as like, obviously, big, big picture for what Wisconsin wants to do way, way down the road. Big 10, this doesn't matter. If they have national aspirations, it does. Where are you at with the confidence in being able to get this win this weekend with this team? You mentioned you, you're feeling good going into Notre Dame, but also where are you at with like where that would put Wisconsin in the eyes of the rest of the nation? Because again, 18 right now is not where the Badgers want to be especially with three other Big Ten teams ahead of them, two other Big Ten teams ahead of them, I think, right now. I actually don't think it would do much to change right. people's per perception if they win this game because of how bad Notre Dame has looked and how Wisconsin still has to go through an Iowa team that everyone's really high on right now. Wisconsin still has to beat Minnesota on the road. They have to do some things before people start talking about them as a top 10, top 12 team. I don't think a Notre Dame win is going to get them into a different conversation than they're in right now. I think it'll keep them around the same level, but I think it'd be a big win for the program. I think it'd be a big momentum win going into big 10 play. And I think that, well, Iowa looks really, really good. 
they showed some vulnerability last week. Uh, and once again, Wisconsin gets them at home. I think that's really important. But, yeah, I, th- I don't actually think it'll change much. I think Wisconsin wins the football game, but I don't actually think that changes much about how people view them. Well, let's get into our little cheesy radio game, Asher. We, we want from you one team getting judged a little bit too hard, one a little too soft, one that's just right. I thought about calling it like something with Goldilocks or something like that, but that's the idea. We're looking for one team that's maybe getting a little bit too harsh criticism off the gates here in the Big Ten to start. Who do you think that team could be, at it, least in your head? I can't believe I'm saying this, Nate. I can't believe I'm saying this. I really can't. Uh, based on everything I've talked about on the Lockdown Podcast Network for the last two years, I cannot believe I'm about to say this. But Nebraska has been judged too harshly. They really have. Uh, and there are a couple of reasons why. Not only because they hung in the game against Oklahoma. And I knew they were going to hang in that game. They did hang in that game. Their defense played better than I thought it would. Adrian Martinez played really good football. I know he made a couple mistakes, but he played really good football. He kept them in that game. And he's been awesome all year long. He was, he was good against Illinois. Uh, it wasn't his fault. They played an Illinois team that also, by the way, uh, looked pretty good against Maryland, had a really good chance to win that football game. And that's a good Maryland team. Easy. But they played an Illinois team on the road, week one, Bielema's debut, game one of the college football season. I think there were a lot of factors working against Nebraska in that game. Game one at home for Illinois, Bielema's debut, the juice was back, and Nebraska probably still should have won that game, even with all those things being said, but they didn't. Brandon Peters went out, Sikowski came in, still played well, and they got pushed around up front. They dominated a Buffalo team that's not bad by any means. It's a decent MAC team. They're going to win some games in the MAC, and then they hung in the game against the number four team in the country against the preseason Heisman frontrunner who has not looked the part so far in Spencer Rattler. And the defense stepped up in that one, allowed seven first half points, kept Nebraska in it. And while they couldn't find quite enough, and I think the ground game has been a real problem for Nebraska so far, they haven't had, like if they had gotten a Ches Malusi instead of a marquee step, I think this could be a very different team. Uh, But yeah, I, I think that Adrian Martinez has been really good. I'm never going to give Scott Frost a ton of praise, but I don't think Nebraska deserves to be absolutely destroyed because of that Illinois loss. I think that they, they looked really good against Oklahoma for large parts of that game. And listen, if they beat Michigan state, which I think is more possible than people might think coming in, all of a sudden the narrative really shifts around them. BetOnline.ag is back and better than ever with all eyes on football season. They've got a new updated site and interface with even more odds, props, and contests to go with it. BetOnline.ag continues to be your number one online sports betting experts. And as always, if you sign up right now, you can get some free cash to play with courtesy of us here at Locked On and BetOnline. Head on over to BetOnline.ag, make that free account, and use our promo code LOCKEDON for a 100% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Whatever you put in that first time you deposit money into the account, BetOnline's going to match it just because you let them know that we sent you over here at Locked On. Again, it's betonline.ag. Go give them a try. They got a new look, but of course, those same great deals and bets that you always love. Yeah, I think you nailed it on the head right at the end there. That Illinois loss to start the season really just put a bad taste in everyone's mouth, partly because I think everyone thought 
Illinois might end up being a little bit worse than it looks like that team is. That team looks like at least it's going to be able to be respectable, be a team that when we look back on it, yeah, yeah, they had business competing in that game in a home opener to start the season against Nebraska. But then you nailed down everything else too. The team has just looked a whole lot better. There was plenty of reason outside of just the fact that they lost that game in the opening weekend to think that Nebraska had a lot to work on. That team did not look good by any means, but I think they've looked a whole lot better. That was the team I had number one on my list too, as to who's been judged, I think a little too harsh. Again, it doesn't mean, as you mentioned, Scott Frost, I, I don't think that means that his job's safe by any means or anything like that, but it's a little bit too much on the Cornhuskers right off the bat that it was maybe. Only other team I had mentioned was Michigan. Not really like actually judged too harshly, but like maybe like judged too harshly for the Michigan standard. It was also a little bit of me personally thinking back of like who I've been critical of and like I've been a big like Michigan's done nothing to deserve a top 25 spot proponent, but teams looked good. So I, I got to give them their credit a little bit more a personal one for me. I feel like I haven't been given the Wolverines their due. It's a team that's looked good. I still don't know if it's top 25 worthy yet, but it's a team that, you know, has raw talent and right now is playing like it too under Harbaugh. So I guess I can't blame them too much. I'll go hand up on this one. Yeah, I've never I've never given Nebraska credit, so that's also a personal one, I guess. I have to give Nebraska a little credit today. <laughs> right. All right, let's talk on the other end. Maybe teams that are getting a little bit too much criticism right now, or I'm sorry, we're going the other way, not getting enough criticism right now here to start off the season. Teams flying a little bit under the radar that are getting away with some stuff at the moment. I'll start here again. I mentioned Wisconsin was my team that I had here on this list. Again, it's not that the Badgers don't have the skill. It's not that they don't have the ability. They just haven't really proven it yet. And they haven't had the same kind of time to prove it as other Big Ten teams or opportunities with opponents. But just when I look up and down and I'm thinking about teams like, all right, I have pure evidence of all the other really good Big Ten teams and how really good they are. Right now, Wisconsin, I'm still just going off what's on the paper, I think, more than anything else. Aside from, of course, the defense. The defense is outstanding. I'm talking mostly on the offensive side of the football here. Uh, prove me wrong, Asher. Tell me what I'm missing. Well, I think you're just – like, what – I'll ask you a question back, I think. Yeah. What, what did you not like besides the one obvious one, which was Graham Mertz looking very similar to the Graham Mertz we saw second half of last year? What else worried you in that Penn State game? Because I don't, I don't have anything that worried me besides that one thing. Well, yeah, like I said, the defense looked good, but I, I guess I guess that's the only thing I, I need to be worried about if that's what I, I'm going back and forth with, right? Like that that was the thing that everyone was questioning before. Like I said off the top, it's again, it's one thing, but it's obviously the biggest thing. And it it matters for getting this offense back together all around. It's just something again where like I'm not worried about it really. It's not something where I'm like too concerned about it going forward, but it's just something where I need to see that team prove it a little bit more before I'm like, all right, this team's what I think it is. It really, it was more of a nitpicky kind of thing. I don't think there are many teams in the big 10 who are getting too little attention. It's kind of hard to do in this conference, but I just had Wisconsin down as a team that I thought like just hadn't proven it yet that we were still going off of yeah, what it was before. Yeah, even though, I mean, God, they haven't proven it. You're absolutely right. right. I mean, they haven't had a chance to prove it though after the Penn State game. And listen, they 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 proved quite a bit to me actually in the Penn State game. And yeah, they didn't finish things, 
but they dominated in most of the categories they want to dominate in. They dominated in time and possession. They completely controlled the game. They controlled the pace of the game. They, their defense was completely dominant outside of two blown coverages. And I, I think that they, they proved a lot of what they want to prove. They ran the ball effectively, something that they couldn't do all of last year, but something that they need to do to be successful. So all the Wisconsin check marks basically were passed. I mean, they ran the ball effectively. Nobody could run on them. And they dominated time possession. Those are like the biggest three things Wisconsin football probably wants to do. They did all three. And if they execute two handoffs, just QB running back handoffs, nothing about Penn State. They just execute normal handoffs and don't drop the ball twice. They win the game and, and win it by two scores probably. So I, I, it's just red zone. I mean, it was red zone. And then the red zone was about two handoffs. Like the two handoffs killed both of those possessions. So it's tough. Yeah. yeah I mean, it's tough and it, and it is that razor thin when you're talking about wins and losses and where you end up finishing in this big 10 conference. So again, I mentioned it's nitpicky stuff. Wisconsin's obviously an extremely talented football team, but it's just like, I, I guess I'm thinking like, as far as where I think Wisconsin's expectations are for itself, all the other teams that it wants to be competing with this in this conference already have kind of, even already just one big, big win to put on its resume, except for maybe, I guess, ironically, Ohio State. But it's just Wisconsin still needs that win and still needs that time. And they've got two really good chances coming up the next two weekends to get them. So there's obviously going to be plenty of time to figure out here real soon what the Batchers are all about. Well, let's move on to your side of things. Asher, we're on two soft judged teams judge or teams that have not been quite as much criticized as maybe they should have been do you have a team that you think has been a little bit under the radar getting away with stuff i don't know if people are talking about indiana the way they're talking about ohio state but it's an indiana team we thought not could be ohio state's level but a lot of people thought could be top 10 top 15 by the end of the year that cincinnati game was a disaster forget the iowa game that Cincinnati game was winnable as all heck, and they let it slip. Michael Penix has been just awful. I don't know how else to say it. He's been awful. Uh, their defense hasn't been what it was last year. There's a lot of issues for that Indiana team right now, and, and it's a team that we thought, like I said, after the juice of last year could have been not, not a college football playoff contender, but right below that step, around, around that fringe top 10, and they are nowhere near that. In fact, with the schedule, the way it lines up right now, they're in a lot of trouble, but like, like bowl game is right now the goal. Like it's that bad at Penn state, Ohio state at Michigan. I mean, that's probably three losses. Would you agree? Yeah. I mean, if, if they're playing the way that it has been easily. And then, and then you're at five. So all of a sudden we're talking about bowl game or not for a team that we thought was top 15 coming in. And I don't feel like they've had the same level of criticism nationally as Ohio state. And that's normal because that's Ohio State. I understand that that's the national brand. Uh, but boy, do the Buckeyes look beatable as heck. The show today is also brought to you in part by Built Bar. Now, if you've listened or watched the show, you already know plenty about Built Bar. They have everything that you could ever want as far as your protein goes. From the bars to their little powders you can pour into your drink. Anything that you need on that end, Built Bar has it. But they also have those great flavors that you can't get anywhere else. Listen, 
with the technology now, a whole lot of different companies can put all of the nutrients into a bar, a powder, any of that stuff. Nobody makes it taste as good as Built Bar does while also keeping that health there. They don't sacrifice any of that stuff. 100% real chocolate in every Built Bar that's out there. And at the same time, we're talking about 150 calories or less than 200 always out of a Built Bar. You're getting less than 5 net grams of carbs and sugars. It's everything that you could want out of one product all packed into one with Built Bar. Head on over to BuiltBar.com and if you use their product, be sure to use the code LOCKED15. That's LOCKED15 for a 15% off your order. Mm. I actually had Indiana as my team that might be like the team that everyone's gotten kind of just right as far as the criticism, just because Indiana has been put on that spotlight and been beaten down so hard in consecutive matchups against Cincinnati and against Iowa. I mean, Iowa obviously was just a blowout game that like we had with Nebraska, just put a bad taste in everyone's mouth right off the bat. But you mentioned that game against Cincinnati, not only could have Indiana won it, but Michael Penix Jr. in particular could have won that game for the Hoosiers a couple of different times. And after the expectations going into this season for him, everything he had done last season, the hopes that he would be the one that we're talking about with Graham Mertz and C.J. Stroud like we had been in the preseason, it seemed like pretty much right away all those hopes are gone. All hopes of Indiana being able to compete in the Big Ten in any sort of way obviously are gone it seems like that team took a huge, huge nosedive, both inside its own community and all around everywhere as far as what it's expected expected of it this season. And I don't know if there's a harder way to start like a, a year that you're trying to really take a big next step than the way that Indiana started this year, because the, those two losses are two big games that are, I mean, that Iowa game to start off the season probably the biggest season opener for Indiana football in I don't even know how many years I, 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 I I'm trying to roll a back and time. I can't think a of, long time yeah a long time so just for that team trying to get that momentum and build that up I feel like just because Indiana had the most to lose like yeah I think you're right maybe teams in around the nation people still are a little bit uh unaware of what Indiana is going through but I still feel like the criticism that Indiana has gotten is plenty and deserving given what we've seen out of that team and in Michael Penix Jr. particularly, just what he's been in, unable to do entirely at the start of this season. He seems like a different quarterback out there. And Tom Allen's not winning anything with that squad that he's put out there those first few weeks. No, nothing. I could say Northwestern. I just think that Northwestern, everybody knew coming in, we, we knew this team – had lost so much. We knew they were nowhere near a Northwestern team that had any real chance of winning the Big Ten West. And that's why I wouldn't say them. And yeah, they've flown under the radar. They lost at Duke. It's a bad loss. But yeah. like they weren't on the radar to begin with. We, we knew, we kind of knew what this Northwestern team was going to be coming into the year. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree. I, I thought about putting Northwestern somewhere on this list too. It, it's something where like, I, I guess if I would have put them somewhere, I would have put him on the edge of maybe like still not being judged quite harsh enough because I still think there are people out there giving them that big 10 last year, a uh, big 10 West champion credit. Not, I mean, not that kind of credit, but like giving him the credit that that might mean that this team ends up okay at some point in the season. I, I really don't think that that is going to happen. I feel like this team's going to struggle throughout the year. And I, I mean, I'm not 
I don't think it puts any question marks on what Pat Fitzgerald can do out there. Obviously, he's been outstanding, but uh, it'll be interesting to see how he tries to do the rebuild this time around because he's honestly done a pretty good job a couple of times already doing this thing up and down with the Wildcats, and it's not easy to do in college football. So we'll see how that one goes. But Asher, we've gone through now just all the teams judged a little bit too hard, not hard enough, just right before we let you go. Anything else we need to know from you on going on in your head, just with what's going on with Big Ten football this year so far? Yeah, I was wrong about Ohio State. They are beyond beatable. Uh, I don't think that's going to change. I really don't think this is a fluke. I don't think it's in any way going to shift entirely, and they're going to start looking like an Ohio State team of, of old uh, over the last five, six years, where there were some years there where you knew nobody was beating them in this conference. Right. Uh, I think last year was one of those years. I think that uh, two years ago, even 2019 was one of those years, unfortunately, even with Wisconsin up 21-7 at halftime. You still were never comfortable as a Badger fan. If Wisconsin was up 21-7 on this team at halftime this year, you're all of a sudden celebrating. Like, like th- this is a different level, and it's very simple. It's the position we talked about with Wisconsin. It's the position that really makes things happen in football. It's the quarterback position. And – C.J. Stroud is just not Justin Fields. He'll never, he'll never be Justin Fields. He'll never be even close to Justin Fields, to be perfectly honest. I, I think we underestimated the greatness of Fields, to be honest. I, I think we took it I, – I did, at least. Uh, I, th- I think I underestimated it with the pieces around him. I just said, oh, you can plug and play so many quarterbacks there, and they'll, they'll rag up those numbers. Preseason, I thought C.J. Stroud would be Big Ten Offensive Player of the Year. And the reason I thought it would happen is because you plug him in, you have the best – arguably the best wide receiver combo in the nation, let alone the Big 12, or Big 10, sorry. Uh, I think that Alave, Wilson, put in a quarterback, they're a four or five star, it doesn't matter who they are, what their name is, just throw them in and they're going to rack up numbers, destroy teams. It's not the case. Justin Fields was the most important player last year on either side of the ball. He was the most important player last, or in 2019 on either side of the ball. Justin Fields was the man. And he's starting this week in Chicago, so I can't wait for that. But Losing Justin Fields meant way more than I ever thought it would. Ohio State is in serious, serious trouble. Yeah, you mentioned Bears are going to be hoping that Justin Fields can do that for them on Sunday, starting this Sunday when he gets his first career start. And again, it's, you mentioned this is an Ohio State team that we thought was a no longer rebuilding and retooling kind of team. And it obviously still is. That's what Ohio State does every year. But maybe C.J. Stroud, that drop-off, from Justin Fields a little bit bigger than we thought at first. And it's crazy how one loss can change everyone's look as to what they do in this conference, including, um, again, as you mentioned, the conference Wisconsin will have if and when it faces off against Ohio State. The Tulsa game, I mean, said maybe more to me than the Oregon game, to be honest. Oh, yeah, definitely. Easy. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's going to be fun to watch. And again, that team showing that kind of weakness early really opens things up, if not in the conference, just inside our heads more than it has in the last few years because that Ohio State team has just been dominant, dominant, dominant throughout the Big Ten. So I'm I'm not rooting for any team to lose. I'm rooting for an exciting conference uh, I, I race, conference race throughout the winter. Is that what you call it in football? I, I don't know. Anyway. Yeah, the conference, the conference race, sure. Yeah, sure. Anyway, Asher's on every single Wednesday here on Locked On Big Ten. He's the host of Locked On Badgers, where you can find out everything you need to know about the Wisconsin Badgers sports teams every weekday, too. Asher, before we let you go, where can the people get a hold of you, the show, everything that you got going on? 
Yeah, at A-L-O-W underscore 33 on Twitter and at Locked On Badgers, Apple, Spotify, Google, you know the deal. Definitely listen this coming week. I mean, we're going to, we have Nick Shipkowski from Fighting Irish Wire on tomorrow to talk Notre Dame, give a little crossover preview. And we're going to have, uh, obviously, all the reactions next week. It's going to be a lot of fun next week, I'm sure. Win or lose, we're going to be uh, pretty amped up. And we'll have him here, win or lose, on Wednesday. Back, Ashley Lowe, the host of Locked On Badgers. I'm Nate Dickinson here with Locked On Big Ten. You can follow the show at Locked On Big Ten. That's one zero, not T-E-N. I'm at Nate with Sports. Until tomorrow, Nate Dickinson here with Locked On.